everybody. Uh, welcome back to the eighth episode. Eight. Are we on yeah, eighth episode of Fundamentalist? Almost in the double digits. Um, yeah. Um, just a quick note: we are going bi-weekly now. You may have noticed that we didn't publish anything last week, um, so these episodes will coming out will be coming out every two weeks. Um, so you'll have that look to um, to look forward to. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Um, my name is Faiza. Hi guys, my name's Mahak. Um, and this week we wanted to talk a little bit about um, discrimination against the South Asian community. I'm sure everybody is well aware of the um, case of the 14-year-old Muslim boy who was arrested for making a clock and bringing it to school. Um, and then there was recently a case of a sick man being mistaken for Muslim and then being beaten. And I was actually just trying to look it up because um, I know it happened recently, but. I couldn't find that specific instance, but there are so many other cases of sick men being mistaken for Muslim and beaten because of that, mm. um, that it just kind of, it bears um, talking about um, in at length, because it's just kind of, and, and of, obviously there's this, also this kind of, a lot of this Islamophobic re um, rhetoric going on with the Republic de Republican debates, Ben Carson, Donald Trump, um, Can you even call it rhetoric? About... It's just like nonsense. It's so comically insane sometimes. Yeah. The shit they say, it's really wild. Um, was it Carson who was uh, the one who was like, I wouldn't support a Muslim a in Muslim the white yeah. yeah. Dude's a brain surgeon. Yeah. Isn't that scary? It is a little bit. Um, Dude's but a I, brain surgeon. I think we should also differentiate, like, for sure, there's the Islamophobic aspect of it and um, members of the South Asian community, unfortunately, being. Uh, discriminated against because they're mistaken for being Muslim, but I think even beyond that, before like this really intense wave of Islamophobia started um, this century, there was always that discrimination against South Asians, that like otherization, um, right. despite their like level of extreme education and success as white collar right. professionals, it was always like, but you're a poo from Simpsons and you speak like XYZ and you nod your head like this or shake your head like this and you're a fob. Um, and I think that's like a stigma that we haven't really gotten away from. And sometimes I think about how we fare in relation to other minorities and I I don't think to be very honest that we have it as bad because our stigma is okay you guys smell or you guys are like nerds or you know you guys are scrawny and whatever mm -hmm. it may be right like you guys are these dorks who smell and talk funny and are short Take and our job. yeah are short and like <laughs> ugly or whatever right. Um, but then you look at like the black community and it's like, well, you are all criminals or you look at the Mexican community and it's all, well, you guys are all hired help. So I, I don't yeah. think necessarily we have it that bad. Um, the Chinese probably have it or East Asians probably have it less bad than we do even. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's layers to it or levels to it. There's like yeah, Islamophobic right. and then They're... there's just the, you guys are gross, ugly trolls. Right. I think, I mean, there's a lot, there's less of a history of it in, in the U.S., right? So you have discrimination against African Americans and blacks that, you know, goes back hundreds of years. It's institutionalized. It's systemic. Yeah, ongoing. Um, and you don't really see racism against South Asians until, what is it, like the first wave, like in the 70s, yeah. when all these South Asians are coming in. Yeah. But uh, there, that doesn't 
I think uh, it doesn't mean that it hasn't been there. Yeah. Um, I remember when we first moved to Jersey from New York, the first thing I remember, it was the first time I actually felt my brownness. Because yeah. when I grew up in the, when I grew up in the Bronx, I was there until I was about 10. And I remember never being, uh, I don't remember being aware of the fact that I was other. Because everybody else was a minority as well, and we were just like, okay, we're minorities in this together. Yeah. It wasn't until I moved to Jersey, and it wasn't necessarily an affluent com- community, but it was more white, blue collar. Yeah. Um, and that's where I first encountered people being racist yeah. against brown folk specifically, because there is a pretty... Um, there was a, a de- definitely, especially in North Jersey, in that area, it was in North Bergen, there's like a pretty big brown Indian community there. Yeah. And so, um, and there are a lot of Gujaratis, a lot of a lot of Patels. Yeah. And when I got there, they're like, oh, are you a Patel? And I was like, no, this my last name is not yeah. Patel. <laughs> and then there was like others. a rumor going, <laughs> yeah, there are others. Um, and there was a rumor going around that I had changed my last name on purpose yeah. because I didn't want to be known as a Patel, yeah. which was like, Aggressive. why would I choose the most ridiculous <laughs> last name That fits ever? on zero scantrons. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That no, br- other brown people can't even pronounce. Yeah. Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. Or I remember my mom had come to do kind of like a show and tell type deal about, you know, Pakistani culture. And somebody had asked, she was like, oh, you, you know, were Faiz's parents both born in Pakistan? She's like, oh, actually, her dad was born in India. And I remember after my mom left, they're like, see, we told, we knew you were Indian. <laughs> we knew, you damn Patel. <laughs> right, yeah, you liar. We knew it. Um, and then, and then there's, there was also, I remember uh, growing up about hearing this group called, did you hear about this, Dot Busters? There were a group, a hate group Never in Jersey City that would go like around. sounds like some sort of internet hacker scheme. <laughs> yeah, a, but it was like this, this, this hate group in Jersey City, I think it was in the 80s and 90s, that would were run around Were they in any way affiliated up, with the on. Mecca Boys? Because that's all I remember <laughs> no, from Jersey City. Not the Mecca City. Boys. Not the Mecca Boys. But close, but yeah, just as you know, outrageous. Stupid. But they would go around preying on Indian men and women, and yeah. they're called dot busters because of yeah. right, you know, the bindi yeah. that they would wear. Um, so, the, and that was the first time I remember when I moved to Jersey. That's when I really felt it. Yeah, that I was like, okay, I'm brown, and my brownness is makes me less than. So that's so interesting because I grew up in Central Jersey, right? We lived in New York for. Um, the first year when I moved to the States, like everybody else did. And then my brother started getting beaten up at school because they didn't speak English. So my parents were like, gotta get out of Queens. (laughs) This shit is not safe. (laughs) So we moved to Jersey and, uh, we moved to central Jersey. And even back in the eighties, we moved like late eighties, even back then, um, nowhere near as diverse as, as it is now, but it wasn't all white. Like there was a decent amount Mm -hmm. of, um, Spanish-speaking population, there was a decent amount of East Asian and South Asian people. Um, But now that you mention it, I I remember feeling very acutely aware of my brownness. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom always, has always worn shellac mees throughout her entire life. Like, she doesn't go out wearing jeans, just not her style. Um, And she's been a working woman for all her life. She used to be a professor in Baxan. Um, and when we moved here, she didn't work until, um, I was in school full time, but then Mm -hmm. she went back and she was a teacher and 
she would go to private school wearing shellacamis, so she's coming to pick it's me. Pretty dope. It is that's my mom's a G bell and like fuck. no apologies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like unapologetic unapologetically real and authentic. Like even now we went on a family vacation to the Dominican Republic last year. Mom's on the beach, shellacamis and straw hat, like chilling. Um but what was my point? Uh, oh yeah, so like, you know, she's coming to drop me off at school, she's coming to pick me up at school, and people see that, and it was not common for them, and it was very weird for them. Um, so mm-hmm. I remember from a really young age feeling very acutely aware of my otherness, but mm-hmm. to me, I don't know, I certainly not at that age, and even now, I don't know if it rises to the level of, like, discrimination for me, right? It's not like the Mm -hmm. kids were hurling insults at her. It's not like they were throwing shit at us. It's not like, you know, they were tripping me or, you know, bullying me for being brown. Um, Yes, there was, like, the stares, and yes, there was, like, the I don't really understand and why do you call everybody auntie? Like, that's not your (laughs) real auntie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, to me, it still just doesn't seem that bad. I think when it got really bad is with this Islamophobia because that's when it right. comes to like Post-9/11. yeah, that's when it comes to like this really bigoted hatred, and it's like right. what the f are you guys so upset about? Relax. <laughs> we've been here for a while. Y'all just noticed. Yeah, and we've been doing okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could ever say that. It- no one's ever blatantly, explicitly insulted, you know, hurled a racial epithet, right? Yeah. No one's ever confronted me about my ethnicity or religion or anything yeah. like that. No one's try- ever tried to make me... Well, I-, I was about to say no one's ever tried to make me answer for yeah. it, but actually they have, because I remember in high school... Um, I was, there was, like, one other Pakistani Pakistani family where I um, live now, where I grew up, spent middle school and um, high school, and um, so it wasn't like I was the only brown person in the school, but it was just this one family, and then I was a new kid, Um, and I remember we were sitting in English class one day, and somebody brought up arranged marriages, and my my best friend was talking about, oh, this, some, uh, her sister's good friend, um, is is uh, guy uh, is Indian and she is you know getting ready to to enter into this arranged marriage and this kid this white kid turns around and looks at me and I remember I was like no she's not talking about me yeah and then he was like oh okay he turned around like I I was sixteen what <laughs> like why and then you know that oh, she must be talking about me because I'm the only brown person here and there are no others. And because I'm the only person you know that fits could possibly fit this description, yeah. it must be me. Yeah. And then I have to then answer yeah. for it. I think you and I yeah. are also in a very unique position. I mean, not that I knew you when you were yeah. growing up, but um, you know, I would imagine for the larger part of your life, you haven't had an accent. You've assimilated pretty easily. So yeah, I was born. And yeah. Raised so here, like so. even now, people will be like, "Oh, what's that big mark on your arm?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's my polio shot because I was." <laughs> in Pakistan that's what that crater on my arm is Um, and people don't believe it like I was born in Gulberg Lahar I lived there till I was four years old spent most of my childhood in Pakistan like my mom would up and take me for two to three months during the school year because why not Um, and people don't believe it because I don't sound like it and I don't especially look like it and I don't dress like it and I don't 
certainly don't act like it. Um, so I think we're in kind of a position whereas people who do still carry the accent or who are more outwardly, I guess, South Asian, um, although I feel like I'm as fabby as they come, but mm-hmm. people who are maybe a little more South Asian may have to deal with it on a more regular basis. Just like right. even as a Muslim, I don't feel like I've been especially discriminated against until right. I went to Israel and felt yeah. the shittiest I've ever felt in my life. Um, right. But I don't wear hijab, and I don't wear abaya, and so, you know, I see my friends who do, and, you know, they'll walk down the street, or they'll get on the subway train, and you can visibly, even now, in 2015, you can visibly see the body language of people around them adjust, so, you know, maybe it just hasn't affected me because I don't portray that same image. Um, Right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I, I think it's just... For us, maybe because we don't have, you know, we are kind of Americanized. Um, It's more implicit. Yeah. It's more, it's kind of that microaggression rather than these, you know, being harassed or um, uh, hurt in any way. But it's, yeah, I think what what I deal with is kind of that daily microaggression um, rather than explicit kind of. Islamophobia or just racism, yeah. um, which I, I think carries its own scars and can and I I know I you know like that kind of you use your white voice when you when you speak yeah, at work yeah, you know yeah. I I enunciate very clearly yeah. and I, I make sure I take my white girl myself. game is so well, strong yeah and so I, and and every every minority has that white yeah. voice um, and things like that or like I'll if I bring food from home. Make sure when I warm it up in the microwave that, you know, it's later in the day or, you know, so people don't smell it or, like, eat it outside. Not not even going to lie, I straight up brought Brianni to work today. (laughs) Not even going to lie. Yeah, so I mean, like, things like that where you kind of, you feel, eh, not so much anymore because I don't care as much, but I remember just noticing it more, especially when I got to college, um, how maybe... I think because it was it was weird. It was um, I, I would get people tell me, "Oh, you don't like you don't seem that brown. You don't yeah. come across yeah. like other Indians or Pakistanis that I've met." Right. And I was just like, "What?" I, like part of me like, "Oh, great. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at." But then other, the other part of me is like, "What does that even mean? What does it mean to be, you know, you don't come across Indian yeah. or Pakistani? Yeah. Like, what are the so I think, qualities?" I think that's like kind of a double-edged sword, right? I think assimilation. Yeah. When people frame it in that way, it's like the more you assimilate, the better. Like the more mm-hmm. you shed your original skin and like take on right. our skin, the better it is and the more comfortable we feel. But on the other side of it, I also feel like some degree of assimilation is necessary, right? I feel like maybe part of the reason why we still face that same like bullshit discrimination is because we haven't done a good job of really. Um, integrating ourselves in the communities and I don't I don't mean just like socially right but I mean even from a civic perspective like how many I I feel like now especially in the past five six seven years I've started seeing a lot more South Asian names running for like local municipal Mm -hmm. state etc level governments Um, but prior to that it was like nothing it was like we would go out and vote for the Asian guy or the Chinese guy because that was like the closest thing we had to somebody like that was what we were going to support over the white Jewish guy who was inevitably going to be running too um so I feel like maybe that's where it's totally our bad and 
Um, I also feel like this conversation has been happening for a couple of years, but nobody's really doing anything about it. Like, we talk about yeah. South Asians getting out there and mobilizing and unifying for the vote and, like, presenting themselves as this contingent, as this demographic that people should really right. cater to. Um, but then when it comes time to it, like, nobody really gives a shit. Like, and I'm myself included. I'm not as well-versed in local politics as I should be because that honestly affects you so much more than uh, national politics does. Like, yeah, your senators, right. you should know. President, for sure, you should know. But ultimately, it's like your local and municipal guys that are really running your day-to-day. And we just don't know anything. We don't know anything. Yeah. Not only do we not run for office, we don't familiar familiarize ourselves with officers. Um, yeah. We're like, we refuse to vote. We refuse to register. Like, there's all the, like, <laughs> even in terms of getting on school boards and stuff, right? I feel like that's something, who is more obsessive about their kids' like education than South Asian right. parents? Both, yeah. yeah. Like, why are we not superintendents? Why are we not running these school boards? Why don't I mean, we do, like, I, this PTA shit? I don't know. Right. I don't have kids. I don't know. I, I think part of it is this, like, kind of we're, we're still new immigrants, right? And we're supposed to be this do model minority. Do you think minority so, though, Faisa? You, you, like, you know, we're going on, down. like, 40, 50 years, bro. I feel like the first yeah, wave but, I mean, of... Compared to, compared to these other minority groups that are, you know, yeah. have been around for centuries and are just starting yeah. to get some representation, yeah. we have a long way yeah. to go. Um we're also not a monolith. We have very different voting habits. Yeah. We come from how many different countries, yeah. speak how many different languages, practice how many different religions. Which is It's really fair. hard to kind of... The, the point about us kind of being newer, but I think a distinct advantage we have is... I'm totally making this statistic up, but I feel pretty confident that I can find some research to back it up. Um, I feel like of all the minority groups, we definitely rank in the top percentile when it comes to education, um, like, average income. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're model minorities. Exactly. Absolutely. So I feel like we um, have that advantage I, that even if we haven't been here for a century or two centuries, we came in at this, like, much higher right. level. And I think part, so, I mean, I think I can go both ways, where, you know, we came in with this higher level of education and have really good jobs, why don't we do more? Or you could take it the other way. Is like I'm already making it. Let me keep my head down and not draw yeah. attention to myself yeah. because I, I am a brown. I'm I'm an other. Yeah. Right. I think that's and true. I think that's what it let is. Let me like just get parents, by. Let me do my family. Let me do my thing. Right. Let me get by. It's like you you keep your head down and you yeah. do your work and you do what you're supposed to. Yeah. You get a stable job. Yeah. You get a you get a degree and get a stable yeah. job and have your family South and Asian you culture. don't draw attention yeah. to yourself. Uh, and I think that's what it is. It's just this mentality where like we came here. We're new. Let's not upset the status quo. Let's not. Yeah. Don't mess up a bad you know, thing. Don't. Or yeah, mess exactly. Up a good don't. Thing. You know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. Keep quiet. You're getting paid. Yeah. You have an education. Don't do. You know, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. And now, obviously, you see a lot more people. I know friends of mine who have political aspirations yeah. and want to get involved. Yeah, and, and I do think it's dope, and it's not just like elder people, right? I see like kids right. our age. Yeah, volunteering yeah, for exactly. campaigns and I think that's more, so you know, dope. and then obviously social media helps yeah. get people you know out there and a lot of these YouTubers and and you know Hassan Minaj is on the Daily Show now and all of that yeah. um, so it, I think it, it helps with visibility I mean Mindy Kaling as much as I mean I have my issues with her yeah. um, but she's out there 
And not only is she, uh, she's, she's a dark-skinned woman, she's not your typical, you know, she doesn't look like a model. Yeah, yeah. She's not Priyanka Chopra. Yo, but even Priyanka <laughs> Chopra went from Bollywood right. to effing ABC, I, bro. Yeah, she Come has on. Yeah, she has a show on ABC yeah, now. Yeah, she sings for the uh, freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, not a did joke. she do a good job? No, she did a terrible job. But she yeah. did it though. <laughs> did, did, did you do it? She did it. I didn't do it. But even yeah, but she even said it herself when she came here for college. She was she was like, not all Indians smell yeah. and are nerdy yeah. and you know like yeah. have um but if you moms yeah. have those kind of, like red powder <laughs> what's, in what's their, the translation their hair. for that? <laughs> <laughs> what's the translation, yeah, translation. for the funny <laughs> So, uh, like, red powder in your hair parts. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, but, so, like, you know, that she, and then, and these people have faced discrimination themselves, and Mindy Kaling, because she's a dark-skinned Indian woman, and, and she's a little on the thicker side, yeah. right? And Branka Chopra faced that herself. Um, and I still, I feel like we still have a lot of misconceptions to remedy. Yeah. Um, before we can really u- unify in a lot of... I mean, we also are an incredibly f- fractured race. Yeah. Um, not just because we come we have very, come from varying backgrounds, but because we also discriminate against each yeah, other. Yeah, and not just, like, um, within the South Asian community, but also within, but like, the same right. countries, too. Like, Pakistanis right. hate Pakistanis. Yeah. Indians hate... Right. Like, South Indians hate North Indians. It just right. never ends. Right. Um, and then... So it's yeah, it's difficult. And then there's also this uh, subset of of brown folk that I've met who just don't, who've never experienced discrimination. Yeah. So it's kind of like if it's kind of that oh, if it doesn't exist, if if I've never experienced it, it doesn't exist. And if people are complaining about it, they're making they're it just up. making it up, or they're you know too sensitive or too PC. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because I went to Norway earlier this year with my cousin. So my cousin Sada and I are the same age. And we came, and we brought our two younger cousins who are college age. One is a fresh, was at the time a freshman, and then the other was a junior in yeah. college. Um, and so we got to Norway, and Sada and I, maybe because we're kind of more attuned to this, um, both being in the kind of like social justice work and having experienced the world. Um, my two younger cousins are kind of live a pretty sheltered life. Yeah. I grew up in suburbia, um, come from an affluent background, um, and as soon as we landed, we just noticed we we're like these people do not like our our kind. Okay. We just, we kind of got this feeling that, you know, people were watching us and they weren't very helpful. Okay. Um, we were trying to get tickets. We were trying to, we had our tickets and we were trying to get them stamped and they, the ticket stamper took the white guy who came in after us first and was incredibly helpful and super nice and smiley and as soon as he saw us four brown kids, kind of just like super sour face. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go um, to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Just not very, not very helpful. Yeah. Not very helpful at all. He actually told us, he's like, well, okay, you have to wait here. I'm going to go get somebody else to help you. When yeah. we have the same goddamn tickets as that other yeah. guy, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and this is actually the first time I was like, holy shit, I'm being discriminated against. Yeah. Like, we got on the train. We're on this commuter train. Um, we had four, we got four seats facing, we two seats facing each other. I had my feet up. Um, with my boots on and my cousin's chair and we're talking, whatever, yapping away, blah, blah, blah. The conductor comes around to stay for our tickets. Um, Punches you in the face. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, was, it was this, um, like, this microaggression, yeah, yeah, this kind yeah. of subtle, implicit totally, racism yeah. where she comes up to us and she's like, oh, you can't put your feet up, you can't put your shoes up on the on the uh, chair. chair. Right. 
right? And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, you know, with your boots on because you have dirt on your boots and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take them. I'll take my boots yeah. off. So I'm taking my boots off. And then she's like, do you not understand? Yeah. Do you not understand English? <sighs> and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I remember, like, my, I don't even remember what my reaction is, but my cousin was like, yeah, your face just, like, fell. Yeah. And we, every, we all got silent. And then she, I was like, no, I, I understand. Yeah. And I, like, was taking my boots off. And she like, kind of, like, laughed. And she's like, well, yeah, we don't do that here. You don't do that in your own homes. We don't do that here in our country. Okay. And then walked away. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're speaking my language. Yeah. I'm American. Yeah. I speak English. Yeah. Um, and that was a, yeah. And then we met this other American couple. This white, they were expats actually. They were from Chicago. They moved to London, and they were there on a ski trip. And they're talking about how wonderful and helpful and and gracious everyone was there. All these Norwegians. Yeah. We were like, we must be in a different country. Yeah. <laughs> Which resort were y'all at? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that was not our experience at all. And my cousin, initially, my two younger cousins were just like, "Well, we don't, we don't see what you guys are seeing." Yeah. And it wasn't until we got on the train when they were like, "Oh, holy shit, yeah. we see it now." And yeah. they were walking down the street one night. It was four of us. We all look like babies, mind you. Yeah. You know, we all, uh, me without makeup, I look like I'm 16. Yeah. Walking down the street, not even that late. I mean, it was 8 p.m. It's dark outside. Yeah. Four of us. There's a, a Norwegian couple coming our way, see us, and cross the street. It was really? like that movie Crash. It was like so ridiculous and blatant. That's and so that's wild. My, um, yeah. So I, my, I really have never experienced like, oh, anything like that. Um, yeah. I definitely see it. Um, and I'm the type of person, like, you can say or do whatever the hell you want to me. Generally, I won't give a shit whatsoever. You say or do something to, like, my family, and I get really upset. So I see it when I'm out with my mom shopping or something, right? She, like, covers her right. head, she wears the bark knees, and I see how, like, people react, and I get, like, really obnoxious about it. Or I see it when my nephew was younger, he was raised by my mom. My mom retired when my first nephew was born. Um, and she raised him, and he kind of had an accent, and it's fine. Yeah, like he grew out of it. South Asian babies do. Yeah. yeah, so he grew out of it, but, like, yeah. I would see kids kind of not bully him, but they definitely were kind of weird with him, and so that's the discrimination I faced. Um, right. I've never faced, I think direct South Asian discrimination. I faced, hmm. again, Muslim discrimination only when I was in Israel because IDF will discriminate against everything. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think that was South Asian related. And it's right. funny because um, when we were in Jerusalem, IDF was discriminating against me for being what they thought was Arab. And when we were in Ramallah in Palestine, the little, like, Arab kids were <laughs> discriminating against me because they thought I was, like, this Yehud chick. <laughs> and I was like, yo, can you guys in this country just love me? <laughs> just stop hating me so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's really, that's it, really interesting yeah. that you felt it so strongly. Like, I've never, yeah. I've traveled in Europe and I've, I've really never felt it. I've never felt yeah, it. Yeah, and, and we realized later on it's because Norway, the lo their largest minority group is actually Pakistanis. It's like 90-something percent really? Norwegian, and then the largest minority group are Pakistanis. So, side note, so, that's something that always really trips me out, like yeah. the South Asian diaspora, where oh, they end huge. up, like, locating. Everywhere. It's so weird. It's yeah. like, what like made you get up? Place. Yeah, what made you leave South yeah. Asia 
for Norway? What made you leave South right. Asia for like these random towns in Arizona, in Wisconsin? It's right. it that like legit blows my mind. Kenya, yeah. like all these super yeah. bizarro random places. I don't yeah. Know. Um, so yeah, that's when I, I was just like, okay, that was. I would expect to have experienced that, you know, somewhere in Jersey or something, yeah. like, you know, South Jersey, yeah. but I went abroad to Norway, yeah. and that's when I first experienced, like, this kind of, they really don't like yeah. us, and not only do they not like us, they're going out of their way to avoid yeah. us, yeah. you know, to avoid interaction. Maybe and that's that the other really thing, like, I've always spent my life in these big metropolitan cities where I right. feel like, not to say that it doesn't exist, but people are much more cautious and much more skilled at hiding it. Um, yeah. So you kind of just don't even pick up on it unless you're like right. acutely aware and really looking for it. Right. Um, really interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was very weird. I mean, I've gone, what, almost 28 years now and it was, yeah, it was just like what the f- like yeah. it, it, it was such a delayed reaction it wasn't like it was like five minutes later it was like wait hold yeah, on yeah cause you're not expecting she it you're not used I'm to not, it I'm not expect yeah exactly I'm a, and I'm, what I'm, you hear I'm about the Norwegians is like they are like these beautiful amazing <laughs> kind hearted like angels on this planet to other whites yeah to people who look yeah, like yeah it's funny um yeah. one of my best friends and I went to Spain earlier this year in March um and we were, to, it was like in the aftermath of the Paris issues, um, the Charlie Hebdo stuff. And we were like, mm-hmm. my friend covers her hair. And I was like, yo, you know, you're going to have to take that off because we're going to get jumped and we're going to die. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I've already cleared it with my parents. Like, safety first. Um, so we were really expecting to just get, like, shot in the face or, like, jumped at every turn um, <laughs> in Spain. And literally nothing. Literally everybody was right. so nice to us. So that was unexpected. I mean, I think it also depends because when we went to Greece... They couldn't be nicer. That's so In funny Greece. you say that because I have other friends who went to Greece and were like, "God, they hate us so much." Really? <laughs> yeah. No, everyone. All I mean, three we of them were hijabi though. And, like, so maybe that was it. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. We only spent two days in Athens, and we spent majority of our time on on Crete. Okay. Crete, everybody was so fucking nice. Really? So fucking nice. So helpful, and it was such a stark contrast, especially coming from Norway. Yeah. And we're like, okay, and I, I mean, I think it's one is just the, the skin color aspect yep. really helps yep. because you they see people that look like yep. us. It's probably the same thing yeah, in Spain. Stick out. Had, yeah, you know, you got exactly. your moors and shit, so people yeah. look like us. I look us. like a um, native of Cordoba. Yeah, you could pass, mm. right? And I think that's what it was mm-hmm. more than anything. It was just like, okay, like you know, yeah. we're tourists and we're giving them money and we look exotic. And of course, people would always be like, India, India, yeah. India, yeah. and be like, yeah, 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 yeah sure, why not? Patel, yeah. <laughs> Um, it was actually better better to be from India than America yeah. um, in some places. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that was one of the things that's kind of, like, struck me. It was, like, the, in Norway, how just almost unabashed. Like, they weren't, it wasn't like they were beating us up or anything, but it was just, like, do you understand, do you speak English? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not okay. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of wild when you think about it. I mean, I think, like, it's super naive to even imagine a world without discrimination, right? Without racism. Humans just aren't right. built that way. Unfortunately, we're just shitheads 
it's always going to be there in some capacity. Um, but it's just kind of wild to think, like, in 2015, we live in such a global world. We live in such a global right. community where you can literally reach out and talk to anybody of any faith, of any culture, of any background, any sexual orientation, mm-hmm. anything. And we are still kind of hell-bent on these really silly stereotypes based on just, like, landlines. Really, that's all yeah. it comes down to. Um Right. That's kind of wild to me. I mean, I think the other thing is, like, how can someone who's not from South Asia distinguish between Pakistani, Indian, or Bengali? Yeah. It's, you know, so like, that how always kind of cracks me up. Do you expect feel... Expect them to Yeah, I feel like some South Asians get so obnoxiously butthurt about, you called me Indian. Like, how the F would they know? Yeah, I what don't What are you so care. mad about? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that was, I mean, for me, it was never an issue, because it's like, we used to be the same country yeah. up until, like, oh, 60 years yeah. ago, 70 years yeah. ago, so I re- that doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's more just kind of, cult, like, because of the wars and whatever. Yeah. But um, I think that's the other thing, is that with this, like, sick, uh, these sick men being beaten, being mistaken for Muslim and then being beaten, um, it just it comes from a place of ignorance, right? It's because one... When you see Indian culture or Arab culture or Pakistani culture depicted in mainstream media, it's usually so fucked up and messed. It's just, you know, like, you'll see an Indian woman belly dancing, and there'll be, like, you know, it's an Arab, you know, hookah bar, and there's a sitar playing in the background. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're saying. So, of course, they're going to mistake a a man wearing a turban for a Muslim, right? Um. And I, th- I mean, that was that was a nice thing about the. I, I mean, it was. But I don't really. Terrible. To be honest, I don't really get that. Like, but I, I really don't understand how people confuse the Sikhs for Muslims, and I. I think uh, it's, it's like it's, it's so just, see, ignorant. It's so ignorant, and I genuinely yeah, feel so bad ignorant. for the Sikh community that they have to do it. But it's so that's like people beating up on nuns being like oh shit I thought you were a hijabi <laughs> like it's, right. it's so yeah. not at right. all related right it's not the same it's not the same yeah it's just it just comes from a place of complete and yeah. utter ignorance yeah. um and the fact that it and and then it but I think it's it's a I mean, there's a silver lining to it. It brings the South Asian closer, right? The South Asian community a little bit closer. Do you think um, so? Like I think the, our response to the Sikh community, because this is not the first guy, right? They've unfortunately right, been, been yeah, like they had the huge. Um, I forget if it was like the bombing or there was something big that happened at a gurdwara a couple years ago, and then they've had multiple like individuals be um, jumped or beaten across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I feel like our reaction has been kind of lukewarm about it. I think it's been kind of shitty. You know what? It's actually, I feel like, the I remember the temple incident. It was uh, like a neo-Nazi who went in and shot up yeah. this temple. Where was he, that? It was somewhere in, like, the Midwest? Yeah. Somewhere, was it Illinois? I might be making that up. Let uh, me yeah, not, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but the Sikh response I feel like was very like they were just like you know it's like that we're being targeted for the Sikh response I thought was dope as hell but 
you know what, like, we're all South Asian brothers right. and we'll stand up for you, right? Yep. The Muslim community is just like, hey, okay, thanks, Yeah, thanks. exactly. Like, so I think the Sikh no. response was super dope, and I think the Muslims right. were kind of like, look, people are trying to target us again. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wait a second, guys. Uh, yeah. You missed a critical yeah. part of the story. Um, we, we do have to do a better job, but, well, I don't want to... Well, this is where we our like this before yeah. about how just like the Muslim community yeah. does not do a great job of representing itself. Yeah, this is where like our emotional EQ fails yeah. miserably because we're so focused and obsessed right. with like just our own victimization and our own like yeah. obsession with being the victims um, that right. we lose the ability to like empathize with other people who right. are suffering in part because of us. So yeah, not that it's our right. fault per se, but. Um, I don't know. Maybe do a little more than like an ISNA press release, guys. Yeah, a little more than an ISNA press release, please. Thanks. Right. Um, but the, the the nice thing about the there, you know, some good did come out of the um, <laughs> poor baby being arrested <laughs> for building a class. Oh was that this outpouring of support, right? It wasn't just because he was Muslim; he was also African, right? Um, Sudan, Sudanese. Yeah. yeah, and so um, I think that was nice. It was that like, I was seeing a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of South Asians, not just Muslims, come out in support of him and yeah. say like this is not okay because it could be you next. Yeah. You know, they don't care at the end of the day yeah. as long as you look the part, yeah. you will be held accountable. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the actions of this yeah. group. Yeah. Um, but you know, I will say I think it's really uplifting to see yeah there's the psychos um was it palin who also came out and was like yeah i think the school board did a great job <laughs> she said it wasn't a clock she was like oh let's be real it wasn't a clock. yeah That's and like the mayor was like oh yeah i think like our officials handled it very judiciously some bullshit <laughs> like that so you have yeah. like those nut jobs but then you also have like Obama or his press secretary yeah. or whoever the hell manages his Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Google and Facebook coming up and be like, we need more people like yeah. you come to yeah. our, you know, headquarters. Yeah. Or even, I mean, so, and, 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 and I don't think that would have happened that is, like um, 10 years ago, right? So I, I do think, yeah, that would, right, exactly. I do think tides are changing. Right. And then uh, the other side of that, of course, is fucking Bobby Gentle, the biggest fucking Is he even a human? <laughs> is he even a human? Um, the, such a, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what, how, that, that must be some deep-seated self-loathing. Like, the level of inferiority complex that man, uh, like, must indulge in is just really sad. Um, But did you, I I actually refused to watch this GOP debate. I watched the first one and I I wanted to cry and laugh at the same time. I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch it because, honestly, reading the recaps the next morning is so much funnier to me. Literally, like, I just want to know... The is Trump serious? Like, I'm just trying to figure out if this is all a joke for everybody or if right. anybody's actually serious. Like, I think yeah. Carly's serious. That's fine. Yeah. Everybody else, I'm still not sure. Jury is sure. still right. out. I can't tell if this yeah. is a big joke that you guys are playing and we just haven't caught on or what's up. Right. But um, Bobby Jindal's response was great when they asked him, like, oh, you know, this 14-year-old boy was arrested for building a clock. Um, how would you balance vigilance versus discrimination? Yeah. And his response was, oh, no 14-year-old should ever be arrested in school for doing that. But I do believe, you know, same stock response any Republican yeah. conservative candidate would give. You know, they did their job. Yeah. But let's be real. The real uh, the real people who are being discriminated against are Christians in this okay. country. All right. Okay. And that's when I was like, that's I cute. can't listen to any more of this. Yeah. I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> because this cannot be real. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's a sad part, though. That's a sad thing, right? We look at this GOP debate, GOP debate as, like, this comedy Yeah, show, yeah like a reprieve. Had a shitty day? Don't worry about it. Debate is on tonight. Right. Like, let me laugh yeah. at this yeah. and then secretly cry because it's real. state of di- yeah. Republican yeah. discourse yeah. in this country. Yeah, these are presidential candidates. President Ben Carson is a presidential yeah. candidate. Bobby Jindal is a presidential yeah. candidate. Donald... King yeah. Trump is a presidential candidate. Yeah. Yeah, it's real, man. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. I also don't understand South Asian Republicans at all. Yeah. Um, who are you kidding? <laughs> they don't care about you? They don't care about you? Not even a little bit. Not even a Not little even bit. Not even a little bit. They don't care about you. Yeah. Um, but I do think, I mean, I definitely think just... Uh, and I wouldn't say it's like PC culture I just think that social media gives people a chance to call out this kind of bigotry and this kind of dog whistle racism that you see Um, and so yeah and there's the uh, pros and cons to that too right because social media gives voices to uh, the disenfranchised but it also gives voices to the apeshit crazy people (laughs) who will be like Bobby Jindal is the best thing ever Right. Um, and I, you know, he certainly has supporters because he's made it to oh, where he is. This far, right? Yeah. Rick Perry, Rick Perry and Scott Walker. Scott Walker just dropped out, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Rand um, Paul dropped out as well, correct? Oh, did he? Yeah. No, it was Rick Perry dropped out like a couple weeks ago because he lost funding. Scott Walker dropped out recently because he had one half of 1% of the vote. Yeah. Um, so he dropped out. Better luck next year. Yeah, so there are, like, only a thousand more candidates left Yeah, to choose from. I mean, in in America's defense, I feel fairly confident that Donnie's time is coming to an end. I feel fairly confident yeah. that Jindal is not going to make it anywhere no. near the yellow brick road. Um, right. But... I still can't believe they made it here, so, I, I mean... I mean, the fact that they even made it. Yeah. The fact that they even made it to the debates, the fact that they, they, their names will be on the, could possibly be on the primary yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that that Donald Trump has been leading this long, and that Ben Carson He's is not far behind crazy. him. He's literally crazy. His answers, they are so mm. outrageous, like... Yeah. I just want to know, does he even think about, like, he certainly doesn't practice, right? Does he even, like, try to think about them beforehand? Maybe just, I don't know, maybe they'll ask me about foreign policy. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I should know the difference between Hamas and Hezbollah. I don't know. Uh, No, there's no media training involved with him. I mean, I think that's part of his appeal is that he's very honest and straightforward and there's very little... Well, Smoke you see mirrors. what you get. Yeah. There's no guessing game with yeah. him because you know his answer will be everything I do is magnificent yeah. and will be great and don't worry about yeah. it. You know, like yeah. nothing. Now yeah. he has no substantive answers to anything. Yeah. He has no actual plan. Yeah, he's such a bully. He's such a goddamn bully. Oh, he's such a bully. It's terrible. It's just awful. Um, it's really terrible. But really terrible. I mean, that's a, uh, I, I think part of. I mean, part of this was just about how like there is this. There's definitely discrimination against South Asians, it will probably, I don't think it's come to a head yet. I think we're still, we're going to reach that breaking point in the I'm next few years. I'm telling you, my uh, epiphany from the last episode, it's the end of times. <laughs> the doll is coming. The one-eyed the doll is coming. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's a wrap it's for scary. all of us. It's scary. I think I, uh, I think it's because, I, and I think part of that is because you know the South Asian mentality. We've done so well for ourselves, and we've kept out of you know, kept yeah. out of trouble, and we've we've kept our heads down. Why is it suddenly? Why is it? tide turning on yeah. us all of a sudden, yeah. right? And that we're all being lumped in together. Yeah. Um, but I think in the next few years, also depending on who's elected, um, it will come to a break. You know what point. I think I we really need to do? Like. I know Muslims, um, and I hate to like conflate South Asians and Muslims because I really didn't want this to be about religion, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Um, I know Muslims, especially since... 9-11 have been trying to focus on interfaith and show like, you know, we love the Jews, we love the Christians. I think it'd be dope to see a really strong push for interfaith within South Asian communities. So like, yeah, interfaith efforts with Buddhists and Hindus and Jains and like all of these other religions that fall within mm-hmm. because we straight up treat them like untouchables. Like you can right. marry... Uh, a Christian, you can marry a black guy, you can marry a white guy, don't you dare bring home an Indian. Don't yeah. you dare do it. Right, and that was that stupid ass movie Virzar, which is a Bollywood film for people who don't follow Bollywood about a My woman God, from Pakistan you're talking and about India. Bollywood now too? I converted you. <laughs> no, no, no. Still, no I mean, that not. movie also came out roughly 35 why. years ago. And Virzada was a stupid-ass movie. I'm sorry. I love Shadow Khan, but this is a stupid movie. It was movie a stupid movie. About between... And that was, a, that was the premise, was that he was Indian and she was Pakistani, yeah. and they could not marry because yeah. of that. Yeah. Not, not for any other reason, but because they came from two different countries, even though they looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that part of it is just that we are... We are very judgmental peoples. Yeah, and, and if we if we're gonna say that other. we're like tolerant and we're gonna do interfaith, then we should really do interfaith, and we shouldn't just right. do interfaith with like people of the book because there's a lot of other faiths and right. they deserve some. And that's love the thing too. is like no one, and that that's what I mean when I say that other people who aren't South Asian can't distinguish between yeah. us. So what is the point of like in doing this interfaith stuff yeah. of, of people from just specific religions yeah. rather than just turning around in our own backyard and being like, hey, what's up? You know, yeah. we used to be the same country. Let's be friends. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I mean, for sure, there's a lot of like deep rooted animosity. And I think it'll get better after our parents' generation because we didn't right. live through the wars. Right. We didn't live right. through that like absolute carnage and atrocity uh, twice over. So, like, partition as well as the 71 war with Bangladesh. With Bangladesh, Um, yeah. So I think once that generation... This is so mean to say, but once they die out, I guess. I mean, no, but that's true of like a lot of other. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it'll get better. But that said, I think there are still a lot of players in their generation too who are able to like look past it. I learned. Um, I took Sitar lessons for like a year and a half. Um, I went to Pakistan on one trip, and I was like, I'm gonna buy a Sitar because I yeah. think that's what I want to learn. Um, Which is a musical instrument for people who are not familiar. I'm really bad at this. Um, Yeah, it's like the throwback guitar, and it's this really beautiful, um, long-stringed instrument. Um, But so not a lot of people play it and play it well, but there was actually a woman who lived um, like 15 minutes from my house who 
um, had studied the star and was like had gained a lot of certifications in India from it so um, anyway she used to teach me and on like she was Hindu practicing Hindu and on their festival she would like tie the bands of protection on my star and I thought that shit was beautiful dude like right. she doesn't yeah. have to do that you know what I mean um, I mean pre-colonial well not pre-colonial pre-partition right people Muslims and Hindus and Sikhs lived side by side relatively harmoniously, right? And then it was because, you know, British colonialism and coming up, you know, fractured us and different rules for different faiths and whatnot. Divide and conquer. Yeah, for their own advantage. Um, But it's just that, I think it's just this, we look like other, we look the same to everyone else. We look like other, we look brown. So use it, and there is, we have the, strength in numbers yeah. we can use that to our advantage yeah. by reaching out to you know across the border yeah. to these other south asian countries yeah. and 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 forget other countries but in america you know and and really building this dialogue and creating spaces for south asians not just muslims not just hindus Absolutely. um yeah and and so we can actually constructively grow Grow and 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 Bless me. confront this kind of discrimination. Bless Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that's the problem more than anything. It's just that we just we're a bunch of haters, we stick bro. Up for each other. That's the problem. We're a bunch what of stuck-up haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's the thing is we don't stick up for each yeah. other, right? It's just kind of like oh, that's it's not happening problem. to you, but it's not yeah. happening to me, not so I'm not gonna care about it. Yeah. Um. Not nice. But then when somebody's being mistaken for Muslim or, you know, someone's being mistaken for Hindu by a dot buster, yeah. it doesn't really matter at the end of the day where you come from, yeah. what country you come from, what religion you practice. Because yeah. we all look brown to them. Yeah. I mean, we are all brown. We're all shades varying, of brown. Varying, varying degrees of brownness. Um, so moral of this story is... Mm-hmm. Um, South Asians should really step up the politics game. Um, I think it's really important for us to be like civically engaged and have a voice yeah. outside of just white collar professions. Uh, I like it's cool, get money, do your thing, but <clears throat> I think it's really important to um, influence society in other ways as well. Um, yeah. What is that Louis Brandeis quote? The most important office is that of the private citizen. Mm, I don't know if that's it, but it sounds good. Sounds yeah. believable. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you're in this country and you're doing life for yourself. Yeah. Make your voice heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then, and, and stop with the fucking... Crying. Like the, you know, what am I trying to say? Stop discriminating against other brown folk. Yeah. Yeah, it really needs to stop. Like, it's, it's so it's ludicrous. So it's so ludicrous. It really needs to stop. It really does um, need to stop. Like, these casts. The fact that people still come up to me and are like, what's your cast? I'm like, I literally have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. What are you saying to me? I have no idea. I, I have yeah. no idea. Um, right. That I needs mean, to stop. Right. That really um, needs to stop. And then, because it's honestly like, like you said, so social media, we are an increasingly globalized world, right? But that comes with a lot of drawbacks because people then become more entrenched in their views because they're scared of other cultures and yeah. other people. 
and then the social media thing is people find other like minds minded pe- folks yeah yeah which is a good and bad thing yeah and they just start um, this crew of insanity right and we're the subcontinent accounts for like a two thirds of, of the world yeah so we might as well embrace that yeah um, embrace our sameness rather than our differences and use that to our advantage in this country because it's not gonna, I feel like it's gonna get harder before it gets easier in this country. Especially the Or next before few years. the apocalypse because we're all dying before soon. Before the apocalypse because it's definitely approaching. <laughs> it's definitely approaching. That's the real moral. It's gonna be this 2016 election. That's the real That's, moral. Yeah. If any of these presidential candidates has an accident and loses an eye, run. <laughs> That's it. The one eyed the dog um, coming. Um, okay. That was fun. I think we promised you guys, uh, like dating how oh, yes. to and what not to do episode this week. Um, we changed that, but it's still coming. Maybe next week. Yes, it's come. It's we changed it because we're working on some good stuff. Yeah. So if you have advice. You have some tips and tricks for dating in the South Asian community, or if you have questions about dating in the South Asian community, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Cold Shoulder Cat. Mahek is at Nisi N E E C I. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under the Cold Shoulder Cat, and Mahek is uh, Instagram Mahek Camille. <laughs> Um, We also, uh, I I don't know, I think you can leave comments on SoundCloud, so please feel free to do that. Oh, yes. Um, Uh, And we are still freaking trying to get iTunes to approve us. Maybe they're discriminating against us. (laughs) They might be discriminating against us. They don't, no, um, they might be. So, but yeah, we'll so we'll be tweeting out. I'll be um, asking some friends to like gather some questions and stuff like that. Yeah, folks. I mean, I know I, a, like, lot also of, legit a lot of friends love who like horror stories about dating because oh, they're so yeah. funny. Actually, my cousin so texted please. me and was like, I have a don't ton be shy. of very funny, scary yeah, stories. Yeah, and we can uh, give it anonymously, so please don't be shy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, for those who are celebrating Eid, have an amazing Eid. For those who are oh, celebrating yeah. the end of September, have an amazing end of September. Oh my god. Pumpkin spice stuff. Yeah. It's coming. Today was pretty chilly. It was beautiful today. Um, cool. We will see you guys when we see you. Yep, yep, yep. Sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye.